Sports Lit is co-founded and co-hosted by Neil Acharya and Nate Saggard. Technical producer and engineer, Michael Ella. Executive producer, Neil Acharya. Today's host is Nate Saggard. Welcome to Sports Lit. I am Nathan Sager. Today, comedian Dave Hill joins our show to discuss his fourth book, The Awesome Game, My Incredible, Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey. It is being published this month, October 2023, from Doubleday Canada and Penguin Random House in Canada and internationally, and by Triumph Books in the United States. Our guest today is a hockey buff, comedian, and writer whose material will use words like gewürztraminer to make a punchline as sweet as the guitar licks that he plays to accompany himself. Comedy is just one way that Dave Hill has become a, a person who's earned enough fame and renown that he has the means and the needs to buy shirts with really complicated patterns. Among his many accomplishments in comedy and in entertainment, he hosts the Dave Hill Good Time Hour podcast. His band, Valley Lodge, has a song entitled Go that is used for the theme of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight program at HBO. I have to say that, even though we're not happy with HBO about canceling winning time and not enough about that. He also has, Dave Hill has also made appearances on Netflix's The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Adult Swit Whims, Joe Parra Talks With You, and TBS's Full Frontal with Samantha Bee. Uh, he recently performed with Kevin McDonald of the Kids in the Hall, the greatest Canadian sketch show of all time. Sorry, not sorry, SCTV. Now, admittedly, Dave Hill was unknown to me before Neil and I were pitched on reading The Awesome Game, which, as I mentioned, is his fourth book of nonfiction. But his 2022 comedy special, The Pride of Cleveland, brought me somewhat up to speed on his fractured take on life. Now, it might have been a poor read of the room to watch it on my phone during the Sager family Thanksgiving dinner, but dad, it was research. This book came right on time for me. Um, you know, I can out cynic anyone on the planet when the NHL regular season rolls around in October. So it was timely to get a testimonial about one man's unbridled enthusiasm for hockey that reaffirms, you know, what shines on in this sport that at the highest level often makes its devotees a uh, stick tap to Hannah Stewart, throw down in a mental wrestling match between, I love this sport. and I hate this league. Stick up for pride tape, everyone. Now, one trait of humorists from Ohio is that they seem to think Canada is this enchanted land on the other side of the Great Lakes. Well, I don't know if that's true of all humor from Ohio. I, I can just think of P.J. O'Rourke confessing to as much one time when he wrote the blurb for uh, Bruce McCall's memoir. And Dave has confessed to it, too, because he loves hockey. So that's two. Two is a trait and a trend. Uh, in 2019 and 20, Dave actually had a podcast called So You're Canadian with Dave Hill. And his third book was a travelogue called Parking the Moose, One American's Epic Quest to Uncover His Incredible Canadian Roots. Dave had a grandfather from Ontario whose first name was Clarence. And so did I. So maybe we'll be best friends by the end of this. And his, but as he, his hockey thing is kind of maybe doesn't seem to, I don't know if you know, it jibes with his comedy. 
he has, he's sort of warned people, hey, I'm not, you know, I haven't gone over the dark side. I haven't gone, you know, full, you know, jock. As he recently penned on his Substack to reassure fans, he's like, rest assured, I don't like sports either. I like sport, singular. And that sport is hockey, the greatest game of all time. And I've tried to write this book for everyone, regardless of their interest in hockey. So it'll be equally amazing for both hockey lovers and non-hockey lovers alike, end quote. Our man of the hour is living proof that hockey fans are not always made. They're often born. Over the course of the awesome game, readers are there with Dave as he seeks out the game in some pretty exotic locales like Nairobi, Kenya, Tempira, Finland, Katowice, Poland, and even Peterborough, Ontario. Hill took to, actually took to hockey when it was being taken away from him and all the children of 1970s Cleveland. Now, when you think of uh, Cleveland in sports, what generally comes to mind? Probably not hockey, even though there have been pro teams of one kind or another there for almost a century, dating back to 1929. You know, you think of the long-running drama when LeBron James left the Cavaliers to go chase some rings in Miami, then he came back to win one in Cleveland in 2016. You think of the uh, NFL's Cleveland Browns and all of their factory of sadness-ness. And you would probably think of the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and th that franchise's historic futility that inspired the comedy Major League. But hockey in Cleveland has kind of been fraught, although it has uh, made an appearance in two of our episodes with returning guests, which is, of course, our prompt to remember to check out sportslit.ca for all of our past episodes and links to buy the books we've uh, profiled. But back in 2018, Season 2, Episode 9, Dan Robson joined Neil Achari and me to discuss his biography of the goaltending great Johnny Bauer. Of course, everyone knows that he has the statue outside Scotiabank Arena in, in uh, downtown Toronto. His no name and number are up there in the rafters. Well, his name and number are also up in the rafters of, uh, of the arena in Cleveland from his time when he starred with the Cleveland Barons, when they were probably capable of competing in the NHL as an American Hockey League team in the 40s and 50s. And in this book, uh, Dave also shouts out Dennis Marook, who was the Fu Manchu rockin' offensive linchpin of the short-lived NHL version of the Cleveland Barons. And if that sounds familiar to you as a longtime listener, if I go all the way back to the premiere of this podcast uh, six years ago this week, actually, because it was Ken Reed of Sportsnet who, who uh, was, you know, first over over the wall and into the into the uh, hot seat to talk to us about his bio of Dennis. Dennis Marook, the unforgettable story of hockey's forgotten 60-goal man. And now Dave Hill, who as a child caught a fleeting glimpse of that long-gone NHL team, which had awesome jerseys, by the way. They had the, remember, they had the map of Ohio on the for the arm numbers. Uh, he's there to complete a Cleveland hockey hat trick. So I feel ready, really ready really really ready to chat with him after the break mr dave hill well dave thank you for joining our show before we start i got to tell you we have some things in common i think we both own a quebec nordiques jersey oh nice i'm wearing mine right now i don't know how much of it you can see well, I can't uh, see it, but I but I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, oh, the, there are you. There we go. Yeah, yeah. it's a WHA or a crest, actually, too. I was gonna say, yeah, that's <laughs> what. It, yeah, it looks like. I think we both had a grandfather named Clarence from Ontario. Oh wow! Yeah, Amazing. and both of us grew up near a Great Lake. So, so really, which one did you grow up near? Well, Neil and I are from the Kingston, Ontario area, so like oh, northeast okay, shore excellent. of Lake Ontario. 
So, uh, you know, I'll pretend it's the between periods interview to start off. You know, talk about how you found the courage to have the battle and the compete to write a book about your your hockey life. (laughs) I, I, uh, you know, I had to dig deep. Uh, No, it was it was, you know, I've just been a lifelong fan of, of hockey and, you know, growing up in Cleveland, that was sort of. You know, I was there's me and like two other kids in my school who were into hockey, and it, it was a lonely way to grow up. Um, you know, but my grandfather was from uh, Clinton, Ontario, and he got you know got me into hockey, and um, and you know, in my adult life, I, most of the things that I've been interested in, I've been able to to make a part of my career. You know, comedy and music and writing and stuff, but hockey has is kind of this thing that I've always obviously been a huge fan of, but I, I thought like, oh, I'll write a book about it and and you know, get some money from my publisher to to get me to be able to like do, you know, thanks to them I was able to, you know, go to Finland, Poland, see some amazing games. I went all the way to Kenya, mm-hmm. played hockey there, you know. So it was really I mean, the I could still just I could have probably taken uh years to research this book and just kept going but with deadlines i had to stop i mean there's hockey all over the place uh yeah so yeah, they, you could have been like maybe hey, be re- part two yeah you, you, you could have got them to send you over to like watch the jet you know the pro games in japan you know like i know a guy uh, who coached coached over there you know i know someone who's been over there to do a story so when did you start to realize that you know there, there's a book in this how i've you know became a fan in unlikely circumstances as you, as you describe you know there you started to get into it right as the NHL team that was briefly in Cleveland leaves as a kid. But when did you sort of realize, Hey, I've got a book. I've really got a book here. I can, I can, I've got 250 pages, pages in me of just about how devoted I've been to this sport all my life. Yeah. I think it was just, uh, you know, between, between, you know, what we were just talking about and also the fact, um, you know, being frustrated as an American that hockey isn't more popular. I mean, I, I always love coming, you know, I'm in Toronto right now and, I love coming to Canada just for for many reasons, but the simple fact that you can just walk into a, a bar and if the TV's on, it's got a hockey game, and that just it's in in America unless it's like a hockey bar, you know, that's not going to happen. Like in my own, I live in New York, and the Rangers play one subway stop away, and if I want to go watch a game in my neighborhood, I have to go in somewhere where like. I know the bartender and tell him he's got to change the channel and I have to tell him what channel, <laughs> you know, it's just not, uh, the hockey access isn't what it should be in America. And I, th- I think that's very sad. Um, yeah. Like how, how much did you have like this sort of like deep down, like need to, to try to enlighten, I guess, enlighten your, uh, you know, your, your fellow Americans that, Hey, there's this sport that's been in your country for a hundred years. Uh, yeah. Like, like the first NHL team in the States is having their centennial right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 the book is on, on one hand it's for hockey fans, but it's also for people, you know, that don't, don't like hockey yet or, or don't maybe don't even like sports at all and i'm kind of like trying to bring them over and be like hey mate you think you don't like sports but here's an awesome sport that you should like because i'm kind of both you know like i really i really am not 
as into sports really except for hockey like <laughs> if you hooked me up to a heart monitor and and uh made me watch the super bowl which you would have to do you would have to force me to watch it because i have really only unless someone's like promising food and beer and stuff that's the only thing that can lure me into watching a football game or you know a basketball game i like i like ba- you know baseball soccer tennis those are you know, I can sit and enjoy those, but not not on a level that really gets me uh, whipped into a frenzy <laughs> and uh, raising my voice. You know, yeah, I was in Poland, you know, sitting with the hooligans and and chanting along, even though I had no idea what I was saying. And it was just <laughs> magical. I was practically in tears by the end of it just because it just it was such an amazing experience. Yeah, what, what, you, you did. My, my, I didn't find find that striking because uh, the, the rinks you visited in Canada were kind of like from the general region where I lived about three quarters of my life. And you didn't talk about yeah. somehow the co- crowds in Canada were really quiet. But what was it about those crowds in Poland and Finland where they were just you know nonstop rah rah? <laughs> yeah, they were they were really intense. Like I, I mean, like especially in Poland, it was like soccer hooligans, like. They, it was just bordering on violence at all times. And even between periods, you know, I'd be going, you know, to get a beer or whatever, and they would still be chanting. You would, if you, just by the sound of it, you would think, oh, it must be the final minute of a tie game in the third period. They were, and this is like in between the first and second period intermissions, they were just so fired up. And Finland, really fired up not quite as much as poland but i think part of it owes to you know maybe maybe the culture of of just you know they get fired up over there and uh and that and uh and 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 also the arenas are smaller Hmm. you know they don't no one plays in like a twenty thousand seat arena so it's just the intensity of having just fans crammed into a much smaller you know, in Poland, the the arenas were, you know, a couple thousand people. You know, and and uh, in Finland was like eight thousand or something. So it, it just, I think, it lends itself to just more mayhem. And mm-hmm. uh, and I prior to going over there, I would I was perfectly satisfied with the level of enthusiasm at a Canadian game or, or even an American game. But uh, I've been spoiled now. And now, now I'm like, well, I've got another problem on my hands because I have to, I have to teach North Americans how to to really uh, get worked up. <laughs> yeah, we're we're known for we are known for being quiet at hockey games, especially that just that slice of once you get like east of Toronto over to the Quebec border. I think we're we're the quietest hockey fans in Canada for some reason. I I I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm from there. Part, part of it is I have theories that maybe. Um, Maybe I, this is maybe not the strongest theory, but I stand by it. Is that at games in North America, there's far too many. Like it's too comfortable. There's too many food options. There's you know too many. You can just kind of like watch it like you're watching TV, even though you're there at the game. But in Poland, they have one. They serve one kind of beer, and they serve water, and they serve sheet pizza, and that's it. So like <laughs> you just you know there's not it's not a lot to uh, distract yourself from yeah. just screaming. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, take me back to what uh, you take, you know, you take your readers all the way back to when you were getting into the game. 
But, uh, you know, what what was going on in the life of uh, young Dave Hill that just made the hockey rink seem like this, you know, special place for you to go into and, and maybe, you know, find, you know, learn about other parts of your personality? I think, you know, it was that, you know, having a grandfather from Canada, we were, had no choice, but we were thrown, you know, we were skating, you know, by about three years old. And, uh, and it was there that, you know, go to the rink and you'd see these, what are these contraptions in the corner, these goals, you know, and just as, as exposed to a world I, I didn't see anywhere else, you know, it wasn't, no one was talking about it at, at grade school. It wasn't on TV really. And, uh, and, and just had, I think maybe had an allure to it of this is something for me. And, and, uh, as much as I wanted it, wanted to be for everyone now, maybe, that was part of the allure of like, I'm not really good at football or, or really interested in football at all. I pretended to really like football until, and then I started playing the guitar and I, then I learned how to play Stairway to Heaven. And I was like, I don't need to pretend to like stuff. I just like what I like. And I like, <laughs> I like guitar and I like hockey. And then that was really, uh, you know, I never looked back. Um, yeah. So I'm still, I'm still into guitar and hockey. Yeah, I think I think when you mentioned talking to Stephen Brunt, you know, he said, you know, hockey can be almost oppressive. I imagine it was a little bit like that if you didn't like football in Cleveland in the '80s. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, because it used to be like you better be able to show up at school on Monday and talk about you know the score, what the Browns did right and wrong, and I didn't know and I didn't care, and I would just kind of parrot what the other kids were saying, and uh, but yeah, I think it's the flip side of that of like. And it's funny, like so many of my Canadian friends, because I tend to be friends with, you know, other musicians and comedians and stuff. So when I talk with them about hockey, yeah, most of them are like, oh, I was the one kid who didn't play hockey in my school. So oddly, the the, the Canadians I have, the, I have the most in common with are like kind of the opposite of me in that way, because I'm like, oh, I was the one kid who played hockey. And they're like, I was the one kid who didn't play hockey. And those those are my best Canadian friends, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and I admit I'm one of those people. I you know football is actually probably my fa- favorite sport, even though even though I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. So <laughs> mm. now, well, they have a cool logo, cool jersey. So there's, yeah, that, that's, I'll give you that. That was what did it for me when I was when I was like 12 or 13 years old. I started, mm-hmm. sure, and, but anyway, now and one thing that struck me too with, with the writing you you now I mean as a comedian every performance is pretty much a road game, the equivalent of a road game for you. And you mentioned mm-hmm. how there's, I, I made sure to write this down, exhilaration bordering on panic every time you walk into a new pro hockey arena. Like, oh, <laughs> how do those feelings bub- bubble up? How do, why, why do you think you still get that even after all these years? I think I'm just into, I, you know, I love everything about it. And I, you know, I love, you know, I want to check out the souvenirs. I want to see what food they have. And I want to, you know, get inside and make sure I get to my seat before the puck is dropped so they don't make me wait till I get to my seat. And um, yeah, all of it. I mean, I I, I went to the Saddle Dome in Cal- Calgary a few years back and, you know, it's home of the Caesar. The Caesar was invented there. I'm a big, very pro Caesar fan. Um, <laughs> and and uh, getting in there and, I get to the gift shop and they had a pair of socks with 
Lanny McDonald on them. And I was just like, this, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, and so I, I literally got down on the ground, put on my Lanny McDonald socks, got a Caesar, went and watched the game. The scoreboard spits fire every time the flames score, which is amazing. Yeah. But I, yeah, all of it. I love, I love all of it. I mean, there's things I don't like, you know, I was, I was complaining to someone earlier about, you know, I don't, I don't like that when they try to make hockey more appealing to children and uh, grandparents and stuff by having like that, like when they're between every puck drop, they're like, okay, now let's do that. You know, they're having some thing and like, there's a DJ at the game and, <laughs> You know, I, I like a nice T-shirt cannon now and again, but there's just this this thing now with NHL games where they're trying to like engage you every second, and I'm just like the game itself is enough. Like you're serving alcohol, and you have a hockey game on. We're done. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. You actually, uh, to what extent does this seem familiar when you say that? Ken Dryden once wrote that hockey forces you to sit up and pay attention. Yeah, one thousand percent. Because it's it's really the only way to watch the game. Because it you know it moves so quickly. It's like baseball. You can sit there and miss big chunks of the game, and you haven't missed anything. <laughs> you know, in the, in that way, I do like I, I do like baseball in that you can you can go to a game, and you can check out of a game for forty five minutes, and then you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh. It hasn't changed at all since I last paid attention to the game. And, you know, football, I would argue, is that way, uh, um, even though, you know, I, I respect that you would disagree as a football fan. But, I mean, with football, you just have to wait until everyone starts screaming really loud, and you're like, okay, I guess something's going on. But <laughs> with hockey, like, every second it's like, you know, just the, the nature of the game, the finesse and – you know, chaos control and chance and all, you know, there's so many things when you, you know, see how a, a goal is scored, you can look at a goal and be like, Oh, that was absolute teamwork and, 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 you know, threading the needle and this and that. And then, then another goal is like, Oh, that's a total garbage goal that just happened, you know, just by sheer luck, you know, <laughs> there's a full range of the way things can happen. I feel like, you know, to let you know, maybe soccer's that uh, similar in that way, lacrosse or something. But I feel like uh, there's there's just so many aspects to the game that 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 I just don't. I think it's just not a part of other sports. Yeah, it's it's uh, we had Roy McGregor, you know, famous Canadian columnist on a few years ago, and I remember a novel he wrote called The Last Season. So mm -hmm. its 40th anniversary just just went by this year, and it was something like hockey has it all. You know, it's got this. You know, you have to be fast, you got to be strong, you have to be able to think quickly, and you know they're they're not they're not sending the thought in from the sideline like they do in football. <laughs> was his yeah line. yeah yeah exactly. Um, it, it's just uh, it's be, I I mean I you know I don't think it's a stretch to say it's a metaphor for life life itself. There you go. That's, yeah. Yeah. Now, how, how, on the comedy circuit, like how do other com comics uh, react when they, when you're talking about the fact that hockey is your like singular, you know, sport sporting uh, interest? Well, it's been kind of fun recently, you know, kind of uh, having, you know, in general, most most comedians are like, 
Yeah, I don't care, Dave. But <laughs> I had a really great conversation with Phil Hanley. I don't know if you know Phil, but he's a hilarious comedian. And he lives in New York, but he's from Oshawa, which oh, I didn't okay. realize. But I saw him recently, and uh, we were chatting, and he was like, you know, we really were like totally uh, nerding out over hockey. And I was so excited to learn that he was from Oshawa, you know, because that's like, you know, as with many Canadian towns, uh, just idyllic to me. Any team with like, you know, a minor league team or like somewhere, you know, where an NHL grade is from, it's, it's just I, I'm super jealous. I'm like, oh man, you, you come from a magical place, you know. <laughs> so um, hopefully, yeah. more hockey fans will come out yeah. of the woodwork uh, with my comedian buddies. Yeah, I, 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 I always think of Bill Burr just because uh, he put hockey in his, uh, you know, animated comedy series. F is for family. So mm -hmm. now the, we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, countenance a reference to Oshawa here. I mean, that's that's a division rival of uh, Neil and I's hometown Ontario Hockey League team, the Kings yeah. of next. So it's usually, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Usually Oshawa was the team always beating them out in the playoffs. I yeah. saw Kingston. I saw Kingston play the Peterborough Peets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Shane um, Ray was playing too, right? You watched yeah, yeah, he, he was playing. Like, what? He was the number one. Was he the number one draft pick? He ended up going number four to the Seattle Kraken. Number four. I, I guess. I guess at the time he was like predicted to be the number the number one at the time that I, at the game. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. But he's going to be fine. He's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah, Neil and I were actually like kids in Kingston when they were. When they brought back like the front next name in the late '80s, it's actually kind of funny. They were the they were they were the Kingston Canadians when we were kids. Uh -huh. I think, yeah, Frontenacs is cool. I I like uh I I can't remember only just out of sleep deprivation, uh, what a Frontenac is. It, but it's it some was, some it's something occurring in nature, right? Uh, I think it's uh. No, I think he he was way back when he was like one of the French like explorers, colonial, you know, colonial. Oh, it's a way. person. Yeah, and then it's Kingston is in Frontenac County, so and there's yeah, Front, okay. there's a Frontenac Secondary School, and and so and oh. so forth. But yeah, when oh we my god, all these things are coming up. Yeah, <laughs> Frontenac Secondary Frontenac Club. Uh, it's all over. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, this is a wormhole. L yeah, Louis Dubois de Frontenac would he be the guy? That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, was, good for him. Yeah, French French French, explore, French explorer and but yeah, that was a it was a minor league team and like it was a name that was kind of always around and in and out of circulation. And then there there was a phase where they were the Kingston Canadians with the English spelling and a K where the H would go in the in the Montreal logo and. Then there was mm -hmm. one year when they were the Kingston Raiders, and that owner oh, wow. quickly came and went. Went and then we were as well. Next. He should have. Yeah, with that and, name, come on. Now, if, now if we can, <laughs> yeah, the black and silver uniforms and a yeah. Oh, they to, did it. All, they really went all the way. Yeah, yeah, and they ended up selling the gear to like a junior C team in the next town over, and they're still the Raiders today. So it's kind of a, oh wow, a, it all worked out. Kind of a happy ending if you're now, <laughs> uh, Dave. I've sort of come to a point where. One place where you found a lot of highly concentrated energy directed to hockey was in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, yes. You journeyed about 12,000 kilometers to play with the Kenya Ice Lions. And we're hoping you could read a, a selection here. And, and just to set it up, you made some fast friends 
playing yeah. roller hockey with some guys named Allie and Trevor. I guess anywhere you go in the world to play pickup hockey, there's always going to be at least one Trevor. So we were hoping you could could read, yeah. read this and relate to our, our audience just how much passion there was in this is this group of people playing hockey in Kenya. I will. Here we go. Um, among the hazards of playing roller hockey in a parking lot in Kenya on a Sunday afternoon are, of course, potholes, a large drainage ditch that manages to swallow the ball every few minutes, an ice cream man who has no hang-ups whatsoever about pushing his cart right through the middle of play, and perhaps most concerning, given that I was finally wearing a brand new Kenya Ice Lions jersey on my back, what appeared to be hawks that circled above us almost constantly as we played. They like to poop on us, Trevor warned me. <laughs> Indeed, most of the area had already been spackled with bird droppings. Still, I wasn't going to let that stop me from giving it, all, give it my, giving it my all out there that day. So, after catching my breath, I headed out for another shift. It didn't go much better, though I did make a mental note to at least try to look like I wasn't about to keel over whenever Ali pointed his camera at me. As the afternoon wore on, my breaks in between shifts became longer and longer, and I marveled at how skilled the ice lines players were at the sport most of them had only started playing a few short years earlier. I would love for there to one day be someone from Nairobi playing in the NHL, Ali told me as I sat guzzling water in between shifts. Well, I'll do my best to share everything I know about the sport with you guys so that one day that might happen, I told him as I tripped over my own stick and practically fell on my face while trying to stand up a moment later. I assumed we played roller hockey for a couple hours, tops, but the ice lions showed no signs whatsoever of slowing down when 5 p.m. Rolled, rolled around. How long do you guys normally play? I asked Benja, trying to sound more curious than tired. Until we can't see the ball anymore, he told <laughs> me before peeling off, peeling off on the skates. Yeah. How, yeah. How, what what does that just say about the I guess the sport that you know people you know on the, on the other side of the world are that passionate about you know taking taking it up and and just going their own way on 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 what on their uh, their form of uh, fun and recreation. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, and maybe if I had shown up to play, uh, or, or, or you know. Uh, Maybe if I were 20, 30 years younger, I was like literally, because some of these guys were like 15 years old, you know, some like literally 30 years older, more than, than some of these guys. And, uh, and just, they were, I couldn't believe like, cause you think like hockey, like no one really plays more than two hours, three hours, maybe if they're just going in crazy, but five hours, oh, these guys. And I, as I think I, you know, I talk about earlier in the book, I was going out at night with these guys and trying to keep up with guys in their 20s drinking beer and stuff every night. So I was like, uh, in addition to being much older, I was quite hungover when this was <laughs> happening as well. So it made, but I was, I was, had I not flown all that way, I probably would have just gone back to my hotel after like a half an hour because I was really hurting. But I, I stayed with it and played the whole time uh it was awesome i, I have to say but i the, normally they play on the ice but their their rink was closed at the time uh and it opened back up like two weeks later so they were playing roller hockey when i went there mm, yeah and uh 
they beat on me pretty badly. So I'm I'm determined to go back and play on the ice with them when I feel like I can really uh, even the score. Yeah, and and just how much did that experience, uh, you know, what what they showed you taught showed and taught you that day? How, how much did it stay with you when you were when you were writing the book? Like, and you're just saying, I gotta I gotta like you know capture the spirit of the thing, so to speak. I mean, it was awesome, and it was really you know. I, I, as I said, um, at, at least in the book, if not in my song about the book, uh, you know, it's just that it was great to connect with people uh, over this love of hockey. You know, people like in a total, you know, the other side of the world, completely different background, and you know, where they're geeking out about the same thing. Uh, it was pretty cool, you know, to to as hard as it was to find kids to connect with about hockey as a kid growing up in Cleveland to then, you know, be in Kenya of all places and, and just be with, uh, be with guys who are psyched about hockey as I am. It was, it was really awesome. And it was so cool to see like how good they were. Cause I really, I really was like, Oh, I'll school these guys. No problem. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was wrong. I was really, I think like, the, the Hawks were flying overhead, and I think they were just waiting for me to drop so they could just start gnawing on my carcass. But uh, <laughs> fortunately, I made it made it uh, out alive. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess to what extent? I mean, is that just proofing? I guess that the world gets a little smaller every day as we we find out we have we find out we have a lot more in common than than we might think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it was wild to hear about like you know Ali who's kind of the, the elder statesman of the team, because he's like in his early 40s um, and a bit older than the other players. He said he found out about hockey. I'm like, how did you even learn about it? And he's like, I got an issue of The Source, the hip-hop magazine. <laughs> and, in you know, when he was younger and there's a picture of hockey and he was like, what is this? And then he later saw hockey on TV or, how you know, or however he was watching it. And he, he said he couldn't even understand like how the players were moving like he couldn't wrap his head around skating even so to be like that complete like have no background for any of it and then just be like whoa i to so to come from that far away from the game and then end up like you know having it be your thing i think that's so cool yeah and i guess just jumping back across the atlantic ocean uh, in, in the book, you sometimes you sought out opinions of people in the game, such as Brian Trottier, who came on with us last year to talk about his uh, autobiography. And, and what did oh, you sort nice. of, what, yeah, what, what did you sort of, what, how did, in what ways did you have your eyes opened about just things that have held uh, the NHL back from being, you know, firmly, you know, the third or fourth most popular league in North America? In yeah, US, I mean, more specifically, I guess. I think you know. Uh, you know, the reasons were, are kind of the, what ended up being like, kind of like what you, the reasons you might guess, uh, I, I guess I was hoping to discover some other reason that I could maybe solve just on myself, you know, maybe like, oh, maybe we just need to put stickers up around town and turn people on to hockey more, you know, and like, I, I was hoping there would be some easy fix. But I think there's just, you know, the fact that, we, you know, that the states is with the exception of like Minnesota and, you know, areas around there, there's not many places that can, you know, we, 
you know, we don't grow up being able to just walk outside and, oh, there's a, an outdoor rink right down the street or a frozen pond. And, you know, so there's not, those opportunities don't abound like they, they do uh, in Canada, or at least, you know, probably less and less as, as the whole planet heats up, but, but, you know, certainly way more so than America. And then just the financial realities of it's expensive to, uh, to get all those pads and all that. Um, so, uh, you know, but yeah, I was hoping there was something like, oh, we just need to make, you know, put, hang some flyers up, right? <laughs> you know, some sort of grassroots thing we can do to, to turn people. But I, I guess I would say that my, my book is maybe the one man grassroots. Well, not one man. I have a publisher and all these things, uh, yeah. getting the word out there about my book. But uh, four, four or five people, yeah. Yeah, four <laughs> or five people that, you know, but I'm, I'm hoping, you know, with the book to, you know, celebrate hockey. You know, it's my love letter to hockey, but it's also I'm hoping that people can – can get into it uh you know and maybe find even you know i say just the baby steps of it is if you don't understand the game or don't yet love the game you know at the very least you can sit down in front of a game and Mm -hmm. uh you know have a beer or a hot chocolate or whatever your beverage of choice is and uh you know and then from there you start going like hey what's offsides uh what's what's icing and then you know next thing i mean it's my girlfriend was completely, you know, didn't, wasn't in hockey at all. And, uh, she now loves it and, and swears like a sailor. Nice. When, you know, we'll watch games at home and I'm more, as you might guess, you know, I'm more mild mannered type as much as I want people to scream and go crazy. I myself, you know, I'm a bit more low key and, uh, but my girlfriend will scream and just profanity like you wouldn't believe. And, I, I have to ask her, you know, when we're at home, I'm like, you can't do that because everyone, anyone that hears this is going to think we're having a horrible domestic dispute. <laughs> the way she swears. I mean, especially if like she hates the Bruins for some reason, for reason even she can't quite articulate. She just hates the city of Boston, even well, though we've had that. It's true. I mean, it's an easy city. I've had many lovely times in Boston. Oh, I know, I know. For whatever reason, and I think she has too, but for whatever reason, she's just like, oh, she just, uh, oh, if Boston's playing, she just, uh, I won't, I won't tell you what she says, but it's very, uh, it's not nice. Um, I, I can remember one year I, where I, li- you know, I have a friend who works for an NHL team, and I think it was 2019, the Bruins were up 3 2 in the final, and he just, emailed me goes let's go to a movie because i want my life to be a boston free zone just in case the bruins win the cup cup tonight of course which they didn't the st louis blues came back Uh, yeah you know as as the canadian uh you know here i i I, maybe i'll bounce a couple theories off about hockey and what's kept it from being i guess a vernacular sport in the states uh americans tend to really build their like you know rooting interest through through you know their high school local high school like you know, the state university is, is that maybe what it is that they're, that the, I mean, yeah, I think that's a possibility. And that's, you know, that's something I don't, I've I also never understood like why of all things, like I don't have disdain for anywhere I went to school, but when I'm done, when I graduated, I wasn't, I'm like, I'm done with that. That's not, not, I'm, <laughs> it's not my life anymore. So I'm not sitting there rooting for, well, having said that, though, I I, I kind of have to eat my words because I did go back 
and play with my former high school team, like the current players. And then I went to a game and I found myself right back in it where I was just like cheering for them and wanting them to win. And uh, so I guess I see it. But yeah, it is weird to me that in America, people that get obsessed about a college football team and often a team, a school that they didn't even go to that school. It's just something I don't understand, you know, and especially being from Ohio where you have people obsessed with Ohio state football or Michigan football, whichever, I don't even know. There's two teams there. Uh, (laughs) I can't relate. I can't relate to that, that instinct at all. I'm sure Neil is chuckling because he knows how I used to be like that with our like hometown university, Canadian university foot, football team. And one day he just told me, you were getting mad about future lawyers playing future accountants. And I'm like, yeah, good point. Oh, Neil. It's, that's pretty cold, but I have to say, <laughs> Neil's not wrong. Yeah, he's, he is not wrong. Uh, I did want to ask, too, that there's going to be a new women's league starting up. Uh, and, you know, it's going to pl- start playing January, six teams, three Canadian, three U.S., how, uh, mm-hmm. how, how interested are you in like sort of like, you know, being an ally and a supporter of the uh, professional women's hockey league when it, when it gets going? Oh, 1000%. I mean, uh, in the book, what, why I talked to Ven Lahovi, who is coach of Metropolitan River Riveters of the, I guess, yeah, that, that was like the last iteration of, uh, women's hockey, professional hockey. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, I want, I think it's something for everyone, obviously. And also as, as much as I love the game, I, you know, I'm excited to, uh, I'm, I just like good hockey, like get, you know, whoever's playing it. Um, I'm psyched as, as I'm just, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. So, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there will be a new league up, up and running and, uh, yeah, I think it's awesome, and uh, and and just you know a way to hopefully inspire more people to get into the game, you know, because uh, yeah, it's for everybody as as well. It should be. So I know, yeah, and I've spoken on this on past episodes. My my sister Trina is the she's a much more enthusiastic hockey player than my brother and I ever were, and, and still plays. You know, gets out gets out and plays goal in her in her in her in her forties. So mm-hmm. now. Uh, I was interested. That's I listened nice to the, I listened to the, maybe talk, I did one. And it's like, we got Dave Hill here. He's a comedian. You know, I got to ask him comedy questions too, you know, cause I am a, sure. I am a comedy nerd. I was even at a comedy show in Toronto last night. Uh, Rand, Randy felt face was at, at the great hall. So well, nice. <laughs> yeah. Some, some great, and he made, he, uh, the opening act had a great made, had a joke about podcasters too. So, <laughs> uh, and, and we were just like, "Yep, you you owned us on that one." Um, I just wondered uh, what 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 sort of was behind the idea when you a few years ago when you did that podcast. So you're Canadian with Dave Hill. So well, that I really liked it. Thank you. That was, I mean, my last book was uh, about exploring my Canadian roots, uh, parking the moose, and uh, was sort of the jumping off point for that was as as i mentioned my grandfather is from canada and growing up you know in america as I, i'm sure you've heard we're taught from a very early age that america is the greatest uh country by leaps and bounds better than everywhere else and 
we have it so good and we couldn't you couldn't no one could possibly live anywhere else why would they do that but my grandfather being from canada was you know at sunday dinners was always just like canada is the greatest country in the world so i was always grew up thinking like you know they're telling us how great america is but i know better canada is the greatest country um and uh, I, I, and then you know he died when I was twelve, and I didn't really have a source of Canadian leadership in my life, unless you count, you know, my hockey heroes, which I guess you should. Um, <laughs> but so when that book came out, I, I was, uh, I guess I didn't want the uh, my Canadian uh, my exploration of Canada to end, so I was like, I'm going to do a podcast where I only talk to Canadian people, and. Uh, and yeah, it was fun to do. And I talked to a lot of, uh, a lot of great people and, uh, and one of whom Brent, Butt, I, you know, he was on the show and I finally met him in person the other night. We, we were both at, uh, Calgary word fest, a, oh, nice. a great book festival. And, uh, we had never met in person and, uh, we just ran into each other in the hotel lobby and we were like, let's go, let's go get some beers. So we hung out and, uh, so yeah, that was that was great. Uh, but yeah, and it was just a, ma- a matter of uh, just getting too busy to to maintain it. And uh, but who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll resurrect it because there yeah. are there are more Canadians. Yeah, there's forty. I, we're, yeah, we finally hit forty million in population last year. Oh my gosh, that's quite a quite a <laughs> jump. It took yeah, it took us a while. <laughs> wow, I didn't. Wow, that's that's quite a leap. Yeah, we're sure. You guys have been. Uh, I, I don't want to speculate on what's been going on, but I think we we all know what's been going on. Canadian <laughs> sex. Yeah. Canadian yeah. intercourse. We had a guy at, at the comedy show last night from Ohio who said he said he uh, wrote erotica. So <laughs> in the front row and he had driven up from Ohio for this show. So. Oh, wow. Where was the show? Uh, it was the Great Hall on on uh, Queen Street West. Uh, so oh nice 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 old venue that was that was for uh randy feltface and i'm blanking on the opening act he had who made the joke about (laughs) made some some great jokes made fun of my hometown so that that was nice (laughs) (laughs) now i feel like i've skipped over like the whole who is dave hill part like i i read an interview where you sort of said comedy is an accidental career but i mean Nothing said total accident. How, how did it, how did it all, all come together where, where you're this guy who's, you know, doing your, your routine and you're also playing guitar at the same time. Like, where, where'd you say, Hey, I can do this, you know? But yeah, that kind of came, you know, cause I, I was always a musician and, uh, you know, playing in band since I was a teenager and, you know, I, I kind of drifted into journalism and from that i started writing for television but i you know with playing in bands i i always enjoyed talking in between songs almost more than playing the songs uh and then with journalism i really didn't care about you know the story i just wanted to get a couple jokes in there (laughs) and uh and then kind of through those things i you know i wound up writing for television and then my friend tony carnavale asked me to do he had a show in the back room of a bar in new york and you know and asked me to do it and so i started yeah performing and and it grew from there but i I kept the music separate for a long time and and just because i wasn't sure i was like oh how do i 
incorporate music in a way that feels good to me because I wasn't really into the, you know, people just kind of strumming and rhyming stuff with fart, which is not what everyone was doing, but it was just a lot of what I was seeing. <laughs> and, you know, and but then, you know, there's some amazing people doing, you know, Tenacious D, Flight of the Concords, who were doing amazing, you know, mixes, you know, combining music and comedy. And then I started, uh, you know, doing some shows where there'd be like a house band and I'd bring my guitar and I would just kind of do my stand up while playing guitar solos in between. And then that kind of became like my like, oh, this is kind of what I like doing is, is, uh, I mean, on, on a lazy level, it's really it's just nice to leave the house once instead of twice. Just be like, <laughs> rather than going to do, you know, a stand-up set and then then going, you know, playing with my band, I just go out and I uh, just do them kind of both simultaneously. Uh, you know, like I just did this tour with Tenacious D. And uh, so during their set, uh, their drummer and, and bass player, John and Scott, would come out and uh join me and uh uh it was it was just a blast to be able to just tell jokes and then also and this is i shouldn't even be telling you this but when you play guitar solos and stuff during your stand-up set you only need half as many jokes because <laughs> a 10-minute set is a 20-minute set and so on so on as long as you rip guitar solos <laughs> in between and sort of another nice uh, you know a nice byproduct of it is like that, you know, in sort of recent years, you know, guitar companies, you know, guitar gear companies will, are generous and, and that uh, will give me stuff, which I, the, my inner 15 year old is completely freaking out that anyone would give me free uh, guitar equipment. So I'm just really, it's really working out. Is, is, is Guitar Center on that list of us, you know, swag bestowers? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm no. sorry, not, sorry, I had to ask. Cause I, cause <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, no, mostly the direct, you know, direct from the manufacturers and, you know, the, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, obviously I do wind up in Guitar Center from time to time, um, school and people. <laughs> while I'm there and uh but yeah like I, I'm a big fan of the small uh the small boutique builders and people just doing cool stuff you know one person or just a handful of people doing uh making cool stuff like you know yeah. earthquaker devices illuminati guitars downable guitars and on I mean I could go on and on yeah and and uh way back like what when you were young what what comedians uh and I guess what musicians really influenced just, you know, how you looked at the world and how you sort of eventually crafted your comedy. I mean, for the comedians, you know, I, I always loved and still do just people that um, just seemed insane to me, you know, like I, I even now, like the, the comedians that I really respond to, you know, when I see especially new people, you know, I think a big thing with comedy is is people saying like relatable things. You know, like you're going out, oh, this guy's talking about something that I've experienced, or 
talking about things with relationships. I know what that's like, but I, and there's people that do that amazingly well, but I prefer people. I gravitate more towards people that are saying stuff that I'm like, I have never thought about that before. And this is a perspective I've just never seen. So when I grew up, like guys like Bobcat, Goldthwait, Pee Wee Herman, Chris Elliott, Andy Kaufman, you know, those, those kind of people were really, you know, when I was, you know, a kid were people that just like, cause you, you would see them and you'd be, you'd get the sense that they were what you were seeing them. You know, I knew it was an act, but I'd be like, it seems like they would just be at home doing this, even when they're all alone. Like they just seemed insane to me. And those are the people that I always love the most. And, uh, you know, when, when growing up and, you know, and then like Letterman, of course. And, uh, and there's so many, and now like, you know, if we get into people, you know, there's so many, you know, Janine Garofalo, one of my all time favorites and, and a dear friend, which is crazy to think, you know, someone that's, uh, such an inspiration as someone, uh, who would actually talk to me is, is amazing. Um, <laughs> And actually, a lot of the people I mentioned, I've, I've since become friendly with, which is cool. Not Letterman, but, um, you know, yeah, a couple yeah. of them. I was going to say, as soon as you brought up Chris Elliott and Andy Coffin, I was thinking, yeah, you think timeline was, yeah, Dave would have been like, you would have just been hitting your teens when Dave had late night and those, and they were, and they were doing their stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, obviously when I saw, they both just seemed like I was like, how did they even get out here? Cause they just seemed crazy to me, you know? And, um, that was always like super inspiring, not even a way where I was like, I'm going to do this one day. Cause I, I don't think I was conscious of it. Maybe I was like, Oh, this would be fun. But, but just seeing those guys and just almost just being like, you know, not to sound like a little too sentimental about it, but like, I felt like not alone, you know, like Pee Wee Herman and Chris Elliott. I was just like, Oh, there's other weirdos out there you know who (laughs) you know who were like because you knew they were different and i know i was made to feel different uh growing up you know i didn't really fit in with anyone i never felt like really part of any one group of people growing up you know so when you see those guys some of the other people i mentioned you're like oh like i'm not alone and and seeing those guys you know, and Bob Kelly, all just, you know, you, you kind of go like, I would be like, they're doing this for me and me and my friends in our basement, you know, even though they're on national television and millions of people are seeing them, you know, when you're a kid, you go like, this is just for me. And we're me and my three or four friends are the only ones who really understand what's happening right now. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, kids in the hall, all those guys. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you were talking about that, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking you know, you're bringing up me being 12 and watching the kids in the hall on the CBC. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's no, I mean, I've, I know, I think I've met, I'm, you know, so you worked with Kevin McDonald recently. Yeah. We just did uh, a musical together and we're going to do, he wrote this amazing, hilarious musical superstar and was kind enough to ask me to be uh, in the New York production of it that he did and and so i'm going to be part of the la uh shows when he does that and then 
we're talking about you know hopefully doing some other stuff together uh so it's you know it's amazing to to uh be friends and you know be able to do stuff with people that you've uh admired so much um it's so cool yeah how 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 does that compare with with uh, meeting meeting some of your hockey heroes like such a, even a whether it's an all-time immortal or a guy who had a solid career like Len Frigg well it's different because you know with the comedians most comedians i meet i'm meeting them like through work you know through like we're doing stuff together like whether we meet at a festival or just wind up on a show together somehow like so in most cases you know they're kind of aware that i that i'm a they are they know that i'm do, a comedian too so you know there's some like sort of and they're the everyone i've mentioned are they're all so kind and so they treat me like a peer you know they're not like you know they're i'm not just some guy that's like hello i, I love you even not that I'm saying everyone does that, but that's what I would do. Um, but uh, but you know when I when I've met met some you know like Len Frigg, Brian Brian Trotche, Slava Fetisov, I you know there I'm not a I'm not a peer by any stretch with those guys, and I completely go back to I don't know if I said this already, but like the, if you listen to the recordings of me talking the interviews. I sound like I'm 12 years old because I'm terrified. And I'm just like, I sound like Chris Farley talking to Paul McCartney. You know, like, it's just, I'm just like, sound like an idiot. Um, which is not to say I don't sound like an idiot now. I, I, to some people I might. But I, I think if you heard these recordings, virtually anyone would be like, that guy sounds like an idiot. Because I'm just like, that was so cool. You played, you played for the Islanders and won the Stanley Cup. You know? <laughs> that was the, that was the exact same reference that popped in my head when I was writing an intro just to explain, you know, your your background. Because I was just like, wow, you know, he knows John Hodgman and and he knows Kristen Shaw, you know, the voice of you know one of the Belcher kids on Bob's Burgers. So I so you're we're on the same page there, I think, Dave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're you know, I yeah, I'm friends with them as well. I mean, like, you know, I. uh yeah, I knew them from like when I was just starting out, and um, they're both uh, hilarious, delightful people. I'll, I'll, just yeah. to let you know, they're every bit as delightful as you would hope. I, that's amazing. I, I do have one more deep question, and then I thought we'd do a little lightning round, and and then and okay. then and, and then, then let you sort of. So I know you've had a long day doing a a, me, a media junket here in the wild, enchanted land of of uh, Toronto. I, I I just wondered. There's always like you know, performing anxiety, how, do, how does that differ between when you're performing live and when you're releasing a book where that you've been working on for, you know, a couple of years likely? Well, it's different, you know, performing live, you know, live comedy slash music or whatever. There's a, for me, there's a, a, a dread to it because I'm just like, in, in many ways, I'm totally an introvert, introvert. And I have no desire to go on stage in front of people ever. But I just know when it's happening, when I walk out on stage, I'll be glad that it's happening. And I'll be completely, you know, in that moment 
and and I know so that's why I, I do it because I know that I'm gonna be psyched when it's happening. You know, sometimes I'm not very psyched. You know, if it's not going well or for whatever reason, but generally I have really good time doing that. So there's that the immediacy of it and you know being mm -hmm. present not to use all the cliches and and that but then with writing a book mm -hmm. you're more you're more doing this thing and you're kind of more baking baking a plate of brownies and setting it out for people and you go here i hope you like these brownies <laughs> <laughs> and then you walk away and it's kind of nice cuz you're kind of you know obviously my hope is that people will read the book and enjoy the book and not leave nasty reviews on, you know, the various websites. And, um, but it's also, there's this thing while it's done and I, I've done all I can do. I've tried my best and, uh, and, uh, and that's that, you know, like I can't go back into the book and rewrite it at this point. Whereas, you know, with comedy and stuff, like I'll do a set, and then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to change this word next time. And you can do that forever. You know, you can constantly evolve it until, you know, maybe maybe you've done it on a special. And at that point, it's it's cooked and you can't really go back and. Or maybe you can. I don't know. You can just kind of keep <laughs> doing I mean, you can do whatever you want, really, in terms of live performance, for better or for worse. Okay, and I'm just going to remind people again, the book is, this book by Dave Hill is The Awesome Game, my, uh, well, globe-crushing hockey odyssey, I believe. I've, I've got the whole title, and it's yes. out, out in stores uh, this week and next week. It's kind of a staggered release release in Canada and the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, worldwide, except for the U.S., it's out this week, and then next week it comes out in, in the U.S. We, oh, delayed by a week there, only because we weren't sure if Americans could handle it, we wanted to, you know, just kind of give them a week to adjust, let their systems adjust accordingly. And then be like, here you go. The awesome game, the mm -hmm. best hockey book ever, maybe the best book. I hate to be bombastic, but it might be, you know, you know, let's see. I don't know. I don't know. Can't really think of any books that can stack up to it, except for, no, I was going to say, except for the other books I've written, but now I just sound like a jerk. I'm just really <laughs> trying to be, use hyperbole to you because know, I want people to read this book. Nice. Are you are you ready to do some lightning round? Yeah, bring it on. Okay. Got five bullet pointed quest questions that I wrote in a Google Doc. So you pretend you're the NHL commissioner. I mean, maybe you will be someday. I mean, Gary Bettman's going to retire. He's not going to. He's going to retire someday. That's what city, the hope. What, what That's my end game. Yeah, what city is getting the next expansion team? Well, I don't know if this counts because they've already had a team, but I would love to see. Well, no, the next city, without question, uh, you know, is Cleveland, of course, gets the oh, next right. team. But that having been said, I would love to see uh, the Quebec Nordiques come back. Evidently, I would too, since I'm wearing the jersey. Yeah, the be it's, <laughs> it's the best see. jersey. And I would love to see that. But Cleveland, I mean, really, really, I mean, that might be all that that might be all it would take for me to move back to Cleveland. If they got an NHL team, then I'd be like, okay, Cleveland's favorite son, or maybe second, third, top fifty favorite son is coming home. <laughs> all right. Uh 
Canadian sketch comedy shows, Kids in the Hall or SCTV? Oh gosh, that's that's really. Uh, what is that? Is, is it? I don't know if it's a Sophie's Choice or not, but it's impossible because they're both so amazing. But I'm gonna go Kids in the Hall on this one, just for being uh, weirder, and because I'm friends with uh, Kevin and Dave. Okay, there you go. So uh, there, I... my loyalties. But both, I mean, how do you? They're both so good and even like the most recent kids in the hall the season that they did for amazon is amazing you know they're only getting better which is which is really uh amazing to to be just like just getting funnier now i know you know you're a fan of the show who's your favorite character on letter kenny i got i mean i gotta go i mean I like the hockey players, but I got Wayne, probably Wayne, but you know, Miss Katie, I, I, I love her. I mean, for many reasons going beyond, uh, I mean, it's, she's not hard to fall in love with, but sometimes I want, uh, I don't know that now I'm just going down a hole. Miss Katie. I mean, I just, I just love her so much, but Wayne, uh, and then, and then Riley and Jonesy, I have to say, no, you know, uh, um, gosh, again, sleep deprivation, but, um, Pastor Glenn. Yes. Okay. Nice. I mean, I gotta go. I have to go. I'm going to take all back everything I just said. And I would say Pastor Glenn in those first few, you know, cause he, when he was on, he's not on very often anymore. In the, in the show, so the early Pastor Glenn stuff was so amazing, and just like there was an episode where he's work seemingly working at every place, every restaurant that Wayne shows up at. <laughs> um, that show, I gotta say, like is uh, is one of my. I think it's just an amazing show, and and I love Shorzy as well, and uh, and I I'm not to brag, but. My friend Jim at the dog park near my house in Cleveland, he, not in Cleveland, in New York, rather, where I live. Um, he was he was the first first person I ever heard talk about about Letterkenny, and he was always telling me to watch it. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. And then he kept mentioning it so often that I was like, I have to watch this show so he'll shut up. And then I put it on, and I was within ten seconds. I was like, I'm in. Anyway, I'm sorry. You said lightning round, and I'm yeah, yeah. rambling. It, Let's keep going. Yeah, it's Let's the rambling. It's the, yeah, it's a slow rumble. Uh, yeah. Favorite Canadian food? I got to go poutine on that one because uh, I'm off pea meal bacon. Uh, I just had cheesies for the first time this past weekend. <laughs> nice. Quality. Um, but I got to go. I think I got to go poutine on that one because you can't you truly even though you know i've i've heard it said you can't get good poutine outside of quebec or curd country as my friend niels from kempville calls it because he includes parts of ontario but i i eat i eat it pretty much anywhere in canada but you truly cannot get good poutine in america some americans will say you can but you can't i've tried no, not not in the states, but I, I we we we're ob obliged to stick up for like Eastern Ontario 
being being the uh, it's poutine is competitive <laughs> it is I, I mean i have to agree yeah with that little you know the, the like the little uh the patch of land between quebec and ottawa yeah that right right around there yeah and just sort of last lastly um what what arena did you wish you had gotten to before writing this book anywhere anywhere could be anywhere i mean I wish, I mean, if I could go back in time, I wish I could have gone to, you know, the old Montreal Forum, the old Maple Leaf Garden, uh, you know, gardens. Uh, those would be the, the, the big, the big ones. Um, and I, you know, it would have been, I really would have liked to have gone to Russia to see a KHL game. But uh, now I think... That is not something that will happen in my lifetime, uh, most likely, given uh, given the current state of that country and all. You know, obviously, you know what you know what I mean. Oh yes, of, cor <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I really appreciate this, Dave. Uh, of course, the book I actually clipped the title there. There, the last time I mentioned it, it is the awesome game, my incredible globe-crushing hockey odyssey. And it's being published on October seventeenth and twenty fourth, Canada internationally, the U.S. Uh, Dave, this has been this has been awesome. Uh, you know, good luck with everything, and I hope Thank to keep, you keep seeing your uh, you know your your comedy you know online. Uh, people can follow you at Mr. Dave Hill, I guess, on all social media platforms. Do yeah, Mr. Right? Dave Hill. Yeah, on all all the uh, TikTok, um, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, whatever. And then I don't know if you guys, I'm I'm doing a show here in Toronto on Thursday, the nineteenth, at the Monarch with nick flanagan tim gilbert and only god forgives so oh nice uh if, uh if you want to come just let me know i'm happy to leave you tickets though there's no pressure to attend so i'll <laughs> be furious if you at the same time i'll be furious if you don't Ooh, that's a now there's a, that's quite a conundrum it's a lot <laughs> thank you so much thank you